Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportsf.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great pleasure to be back on board once again today after a Vikings victory? Oh well, yeah, uh, Vikings victory. The Minnesota Vikings crushed Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, I didn't quite see this coming, especially with the uh, <laughs> the news of Samuel Sam Bradford not being available once again this week. For what we saw out of Case Keenum last week in Pittsburgh, I mean, I don't know, could you really blame us for doubting this club coming in? Uh, the protection of the offensive line going south last week? Well, it went north again because we went back north to... Uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, the Vikings undefeated at home so far this year. Yeah, it's two games, but, eh, you know, um, cool. Not too bad. Uh, Taylor Heineke, by the way, has been signed by the New England Patriots, so, uh-oh, watch out there. That's uh, We'll stay tuned to that, but then again, not sure we'll be seeing an active Taylor Heineke in, uh, in <laughs> New England anytime super soon, but thought I'd throw that in there for the heck of it. Um, yeah, wow. Um, the two wide receivers that we were talking about in the preseason leading into the regular season saying how hey, you know, this is a great opportunity for Sam Bradford to really show what he can do because you have two wide receivers that are legit. Well, not only are they legit, they're looking like flat-out stars. I mean, like all pro players. And we always say, okay, the Pro Bowl doesn't mean as much as it did before, but hey, it still means something. And uh, these guys look like legitimate all pros. Like, holy cow, uh, Stefan Diggs. My God, he looked more like Randy Moss than Stefan Diggs today. And Case Keenum, well, gosh, he looked like the other guy that wore number seven in the past. He's He's hurling deep balls. All right, and you saw a little bit of that throwing arm in the preseason. He looked okay in the preseason, and that's why I felt confident in Case Keenum as the backup quarterback. Last week in Pittsburgh, it's like, why is this guy even in the NFL? I mean, he's barely capable to even put on that uniform for crying out loud. He looks like a third-string quarterback. Okay, well, yep, Case Keenum had been undefeated against the Bucks so far, and now he's 3-0 and against the Bucks. He went from four touchdowns to seven because he threw three today. Quarterback rating 142.1, 369 yards, and three touchdowns, and no turnovers. Oh, and what was the other thing that we talked about on the last show? Turnovers. Yes, the Vikings had not been getting the takeaways that they were getting early last season, and they weren't getting late last season, and that was one of the differences. Well, they got turnovers today. They got two, or excuse me, three interceptions on Jameis Winston. Got a little bit, at at the end, it was just kind of like, eh, whatever. But the early interception was big, and it was from a guy that had been getting burned pretty much most of the year. Okay, he'll knock down some passes, but then next thing you know, he gets burned and burned and burned and burned, and they keep testing him, and they keep burning him. Them being Drew Brees, uh, (laughs) Ben Roethlisberger, we'll talk about those guys in segment two. And Jameis Winston, who hopefully is, a, for his sake, a future Hall of Fame quarterback one day. That's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had hoped. Certainly didn't look like it today. Put up some numbers, though. I mean, the Vikings gave up some yards, kind of particularly later in the game when the Bucks had a long, long, long way to go. But, yeah, obviously a long way to go about him becoming a Hall of Famer. The other two were Vikings facing some talented quarterbacks to start out the season and are 2-1. and one. All right. And this, with, and this all with Sam Bradford with what is being called a bone bruise. And, <clears throat> pardon me, the uh, the fear with that one is the bone bruise could be from a little grinding going on. And what does grinding mean? That means a degenerative situation in your knee, also known as arthritis. And if he's already arthritic due to those ACLs in the left knee, oh. and if we're talking about the old bone-on-bone, like I talked about that extensively in the past in Timberwolves' explosion, the uh, Brandon Roy saga that lasted for five games on the club, 
and unfortunately he stayed on the roster and was a cap hit and cost the Wolves $5 million, which was one of the final <laughs> nails in the coffin for David Kahn as the president of basketball operations. Um, boy, oh boy, though. I mean, pray to God it's not bone on bone for Sam Bradford. I mean, it wasn't last year, so why would it suddenly kind of go this direction this year? I don't know, but I suppose things kind of degenerated for Brandon Roy the way they did, too, in the Portland Trailblazers years ago. The Wolves took a chance on him, but he was already bone-on-bone. He had that whole blood transfusion thing that Kobe Bryant did the year before. Oh, it's this miracle-working thing that lasts a couple months, and it costs you gajillions of dollars, and you got to pay for it out of your own pocket. Not worth it. So, um, yeah, the hope is that that is not the case with Sam Bradford. A lot of people in town now like saying, hey, Case Keenum can do it, rock and roll, quarterback controversy. And most of the people are joking about it. But still, hey, this is what you hope for in a backup quarterback. A guy that's capable of, well, throwing a deep ball. A guy that's capable of being accurate, which he was today, 76%. And, well, he's got a little mobility too. So that's good. Um, doesn't quite have the arm of a Sam Bradford. Um, obviously, the skill level is a little different. Sam Bradford's a little better. But Case Keenum, a little mobility, and that helped. As Tampa Bay does have an aggressive pass rush there and an aggressive defense. But unfortunately for them today, there is one thing to note, which did help the Vikings cause. There were second-string cornerbacks there in the secondary. Um, Grimes being out, unfortunately, it was was not helpful for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the former Miami Dolphin there. Um, that was not helpful for the for the Buccaneers today. Still, though, the Vikings had to take charge and do a good job. The defense was awesome. And again, forced three turnovers along the way. The last two were kind of at a point where the Vikings were in good position, but still, you got the turnovers anyway. That's good. It just shows a sign you can get the job done. And luckily, a young man by the name of Trey Waynes, who is kind of like hit and miss, and that's pretty much what I what I see him as at this stage. He'll knock down a pass once in a while, but he gets burned an awful lot because the quarterbacks continue to test him. But then all of a sudden, he'll get the huge interception, which will make people go, whoa, cool. Just like he did years ago against uh, Russell Wilson a year and a half ago. He had a big one in the uh, Green Bay game last season when Aaron Rodgers was frustrated and pissed off and the Packers were struggling. Um, oh, don't even get me started on that. Uh, mm, yeah, we'll leave that alone. We'll let the we'll talk about the Packers in the second segment. We don't play them next week, but we do play <laughs> one of the other division rivals. Yeah, we'll talk about them very soon. They'll be the final uh, combination in the... Uh, second segment. I'm all, I'm keep jumping to the second segment. Let's talk about this game. Let's enjoy what we got here. Stefan Diggs. God almighty, he looks good. Um, the way he would adjust to passes. Yes, he got open. Case Keenum, yes, he was accurate, and thank you for being that, but Stefan Diggs still had to, bring, had to bring in the ball, and he did a spectacular job on some of them. I mean, shoestring catches, reaching for that ball. It was awesome. Just an overall insane game. Two touchdowns. He was targeted 11 times, caught eight receptions, he was defended fairly well in the game, to a point. <laughs> yeah, that's fairly, you know, but 173 yards. I mean, that's just holy moly. 173 yards? I mean, 173 yards. I mean, again, Randy Moss, hello. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, we'll take it any day of the week. Adam Thielen, again, he was targeted eight times and caught five out of those eight, was was defended better in the second half. Only got one more pass in the second half at 80 yards in the first. Yeah, uh, 98 yards total for the game. Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook, a little safety blanket and also scabbard for 36 yards later on in the game. Just awesome. I mean, he caught all the passes thrown his way. Delvin Cook, 72 yards. 
in the air. Or, you know, like obviously like short catches and then making scampers afterwards. But that's something you never got from Adrian Peterson. And he can actually pass block. What a concept. He even had a little 12-yard reception from C.J. Ham, the fullback. This is fun, isn't it? Jerry is right. A guy that's just, you know, it's unfortunate. He's just kind of been pushed down the depth chart because of the situation. A guy by the name of Adam Thielen, that's kind of the issue there. It is what it is, unfortunately for him. I mean, God, I love Jarius Wright, and he was able to reach over the pylon to get one to get a, a, his first touchdown in quite a while. That got the Vikings rolling, and it was really cool. Um, <laughs> Laquan Treadwell added another catch for two yards in the game. Yeah, he caught it. He was thrown to only once, and he caught it. Just a little safety net type of play. Kai Forbath made both of his kicks, and he made all four of his extra points. So, all right. So let's get that uh, extra point percentage up. We're going to talk about extra point percentage here a little bit. Okay, only a little. He made all four of them, and he was pretty much 50% before that. So, yeah, just do the math there. <laughs> Fun. Just a fun overall game. The uh, Vikings just from the get-go, you, you know, it went from... It went from, like, oh, God, how, how you know, Tampa Bay's probably going to win. They're this team on the rise. And then you get the reality check of, well, yeah, they're on the rise, but they're still kind of young, and uh, Mr. Uh, Jameis Winston still makes mistakes quite a bit, and he did today. And, yeah, and the just look at the difference when you get a little pass protection. A little pass protection, you know. Easton was flagged for another stupid holding call in the game, and it was kind of frustrating, and uh, whatever. Um... Yeah, that's Nick Easton. Uh, he's got a little skill, but he's also going to get flagged for holding at least once or twice a game, it seems like. Um, luckily, the penalty markers are much more on the Tampa Bay side in this one, so that helps. Uh, <laughs> before I bounce around too much, uh, overall, just mm, just a wonderful feeling. Nice, strong, solid drive. The Vikings ate up, what, how many minutes? About four minutes off the clock. A fairly quick drive, finished off by Delvin Cook. Barely got in. Looked like he fumbled, in, but luckily... Luckily, he was across the pylon with possession of the ball. That's what matters. Timothy had recovered. I was going to say, boy, that just totally figures. You cross the pylon and lose the ball, and that's it. And Timothy takes over. Ugh, and they take over at either the 1 or the 20, depending on the situation there. Oh, yeah. Vikings stymied a uh, Tampa Bay drive that looked positive at the beginning. It kind of scared us a little bit as Trey Wayne struggled. Luckily, Nick Fold, uh, Nick Folk, uh, and the and the Bucks would have to settle for a field goal. And after that, the Vikings just took over. It's like they just. It's like Case Keenum got determined and looked like a stud the rest of the way. Lots of passion, lots of energy. Not something you usually see out of a backup quarterback, but um, well, we're seeing it, and it's cool. And the guy was a great college player. Now you're seeing him as well. You're seeing a little bit of something in the NFL now, and it's really impressive. And when you again you have the you have guys with the talent of Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, you look pretty good. But at the same time, hey, you know the passes were accurate. They were. It's not like Stefan Diggs was bailing out Case Keenum maybe once in a while here and there. But then again, I mean, but you know, because not every pass is going to be perfect. I mean, Aaron Rodgers misses guys sometimes. So let's be honest there, um, particularly earlier in the year because he starts slowly. <clears throat> yeah, just like they started today's game slowly and. <laughs> but what a fun overall night. And I keep saying it. I keep saying the word fun. That's kind of the theme of this show, isn't it? It kind of is. You know, Case Keenum, I've got a, I've got a nickname for him and kind of what the Vikings were today. Coast Guard. Yeah, 
Case Keenum's a Coast Guard, right? You know, if, if they're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're pirates, right? They're they're bad guys, they're outlaws. But in Case Keenum's the Coast Guard, you know, like he he arrested the pirates, you know? Yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> Is that lame? Okay, well, I'm gonna call it that anyway. It's the he's the Coast Guard. And that's gonna be the name of this, this episode, <laughs> the Coast Guard. Because we stopped the pirates. We stopped the uh Buccaneers out there in the uh well they came up here. They were busy down in the Caribbean. Now they came up here. They were avoiding Hurricane Maria this time around. Luckily, Maria did not hit the United States as of yet. Without some kind of crazy change of pattern, I don't think it's going to anymore. Ugh, it's given us a hell of a lot of humidity, though. And same with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and Green Bay Packers. I keep going back to that. I'm losing my mind. Luckily, Minnesota fans were in the uh, <laughs> were in U.S. Bank Stadium yesterday. A lot hotter and, and more humid than today. Even though today was still very hot, the humidity dropped a little bit. A little bit, yeah, but not that much. Still quite July-like out there, July, June, whatever you want to call it, early August. Ah, boy. Very encouraging. Um, I don't even, you know, I don't even want to get into the politics of today, but then again, we'll talk about it a little bit in the third segment. All that nonsense that just kind of took over the whole day. Whatever, just... Uh, let's just play the game and enjoy the game. Let's not be distracted. And, you know, and it distracted me the whole damn game. That's why I might seem a little tiny bit disoriented here. But um, again, another total team effort for the Vikings. And that's kind of the theme. You see, I mean, you saw the value of a full three-down running back. Good riddance to Adrian Peterson. That's all I got to say. I mean, seriously, look at the value of Dalvin Cook. He actually blocks... And again, 72 yards receiving. 72 yards receiving. Adrian Peterson did that zero times. And Delvin Cook is still a natural running back. It's not like he's, he's it's not like he's Darren Sproyles or, or uh, Bryant Westbrook, where it was, or no, not Westbrook, uh, like a Reggie Bush, where it was almost more receiving than, than uh, going on the ground. He's still a natural running back, but he's capable of adding so much more. And that's why Delvin Cook's value to this team is off the charts. I mean, the guy's awesome. 3.6 yards a carry because Tampa Bay's run defense is pretty good, I'd have to say. And again, a lot of yards on the ground because you're burning the clock. You're trying to keep the game moving. That's where the game ended fairly early this afternoon. About three-ish. I mean, it was real early. Uh, 27 rushes overall. 97 total yards. And again, the early, early touchdown that almost was fumbled away. Case Keenum again also showing some ability along the way. Keeping the clock running and the chains moving. Poor Latavius Murray. Oh, man. I feel bad for him a little bit. Jarek McKinnon took a little, took a couple steps back this week with the uh, kick returns. Maybe should have taken the uh, touchback, but instead came out and ended up at the 11-yard line. That's not going to make your special teams coach real happy. Mike Weaver is not the kind of guy that responds real well either to mental errors like that. I love Jarek McKinnon, but that wasn't a good play, and hopefully we can learn a little bit. Um, you know, if you're going to come out of the end zone, you got to have a little bit of something, something going on there. Ah, boy, Anderson Dejo, that was a nice interception along the way, too. That kind of sealed the deal. And Harrison Smith, that was like oh, like like a post-mortem wound. I mean, the body of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game was no longer bleeding when Harrison Smith got that one. It was the passes batted up in the air anyway, because you know, by multiple players, the Tampa Bay receiver and Viking defender there. Uh, and Harrison Smith was able to be the recipient kind of to, just to kind of run the clock out, and we appreciate it very much. Sendejo's was kind of more of the dagger along the way. Sendejo uh, also knocked down two passes. Really nice game by the much-debated Andrew Sendejo. We're very lucky to have him. And I'll, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with him for the most part. Waynes, 
he got beat a bit today again, but he had some nice moments. The interception, the pass, he had a pass deflection as well. Kind of a kind of you know again, he's a hit and miss type of guy, and that can drive you oh so crazy. <laughs> Okay, Harrison Smith officially led the Vikings in tackles, and then Sanejo, another, uh, was second place in total tackles along the way. Because Ant- uh, Anton Jamison, what am I talking about? Jamis Winston was throwing up the field a bit more, throwing in the center of the field more than anything else. Into the flats a bit, uh, obviously, as well. Not so much on the sidelines. You didn't see a whole lot of that. More of a physical offensive club going in the middle area. Throughout the game, Everson Griffin had a bit of a pass rush. He was able to get a sack. Shamar Stefan along the way as well in the rotations. Just an overall solid game. Mackenzie Alexander continuing to show that he's a capable cornerback in this league. He did not get burned today, and he had a nice little jam that led to an uh, incomplete pass, and he, uh, he he made the tackles he needed to. But um, I like what I see out of McKenzie Alexander. Again, you know, I mean, he's, he's able to jam the receiver, and then the route's ruined. I mean, it's over. So if you're just going to get an overthrow or some type of a change of change of direction, a change of play a little bit along the way with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was, uh, you know, they were unable to convert on that big third down. Really, uh, I like McKenzie Alexander an awful lot. Um, Mr. Xavier Rhodes, still looking banged up out there, still kind of limping around and, Took a pretty rough hit there. Luckily, the call was against the Tampa Bay uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay blocker there. And uh, but Xavier Rhodes, hopefully he's okay. Continued to stay in the game for the most part. Uh, you got to see the introduction of the, the guy we acquired from Seattle there. Him being Tremaine. Brock Sr. there. <laughs> I guess it's Sr., right? It says it right on his jersey. You saw the you, you saw his debate. He deflected some passes. He got beat a bit. Uh, he didn't actually register a tackle in the game, so that's unfortunate. But yeah, he got beat a little bit. He doesn't look too spectacular, but was involved a little bit here and there. Uh, I don't know. Um, I hope there's I hope there's more coming from him. He'd been inactive the first two weeks. I don't know if he's just rusty or what the deal is, but hopefully there's a little more coming from Tremaine Block, uh, Brock during the course of the season. But McKenzie Alexander, maybe the uh, mission is accomplished because he looks better, and that's good. Very good indeed. Yes, yes. So, uh, trying to think of what else to say other than, well, yeah, I mean, obviously so many injuries for the Tampa Buccaneers in this one. Um, Levante David, boy, I'm... Giz was the most severe looking there. I don't know if it's a broken ankle or what, but um, multiple players kind of falling on him as his ankle was planted and his body and leg moved and his ankle didn't. And yeah, that kind of really sucks. Uh, It just kind of got folded in there. I don't know if it's a severe sprain or broken, but he had to be carted off the field. So definitely some uh, best wishes towards uh, Levante David. Uh, Unfortunate there. Mm. Fortunate, though, the Vikings were able to get out of this one without any major injuries. Just again, maybe guys banged up a little bit. You saw the young man, uh, Xavier Rose, again, laying on the field with soreness, kind of getting back up, though, after a pretty intense block from uh, one of the blockers of Tampa Bay. I can't remember exactly the player's name. I don't know if it was... I can't remember who it was. Was it Goodwin or Humphreys? Godwin or Humphreys? I can't remember. Ah, it's okay, though. (laughs) Let's keep going. Um, I apologize. Distracted a little bit with what I'm seeing in the background here. I'll just leave that alone. Uh, (laughs) Let's pass out some awards here. And, yeah. I get frustrated with some of the stuff I see. Mm. But, uh, 
Fran Tarkenton Award. It is going to go to Case Keenum and young Mr. Stefan Diggs. Those two guys were huge keys in this game. Just when you see a beautiful connection like that and and the elite talent that <laughs> Stefan Diggs does have. He just needs to be careful a little bit, though. On that second touchdown, he was kind of doing the old... Uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, I can't remember the guy on uh, on Dallas years ago that was holding the ball down in the Super Bowl, and then Don Beebe caught up with him. Don Beebe of Buffalo in the 92 Super Bowl. Um, 93, 93 January, but the season, the 92 season. Don Beebe caught up with him, knocked the ball out of his hand, and he got no touchdown. I forgot the guy's name. He was he was a... Uh, he was a defensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys back in the Super Bowl. They were blowing out Dallas. Uh, again, yeah, be careful, Stefan, a little bit there. He almost got the ball knocked out of his hands at the last second. That would have been extremely humiliating. Just imagine it's a touchback for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, okay, I'll still give you the award. Just ease up a little bit there. Take it easy. I know you're enjoying it. You're having fun. But don't overdo it, brother. Do that once you know you're completely the play's completely over, okay? Holding the ball out like that. Oh, man. So, yeah. <laughs> Those are the most valuable players award, player awards. Uh, with two guys. The Christian Potter Memorial. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not really mad at anybody in this game. Uh, Trey Wayne's got beat a bit. And he made up with it for it with the interception. Uh, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't want to get too political, but I almost, I, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I, I wish, I wish the whole thing would slow down a little bit. It's like, that's almost my Christian Pound Memorial in general. It's just, I wish the whole thing would slow down. You know, I mean, I wish people would stop getting offended so easily with this and that, this and that, this and that. It's really frustrating um, that we have to, we everybody has to make these huge stands for this and that. And I don't know. I don't know if we need to take things as far as we do on a regular basis because I think it's creating more division than than uh, unity. Like we're all uniting, but it seems like we're uniting against each other. That's kind of what's scaring me a little bit. So it's kind of like a awkward urban legend, like a Christian Power Memorial. That's kind of like combining those two together. It's I don't know. Um, trying to think of what the other urban legend is other than maybe the weather. I mean, geez, like 90 degrees on September 24th. That's an urban legend, isn't it? <laughs> Green Bay, Wisconsin. There, there's your urban legend. 90 degrees in uh, in Lambeau Field. And I apologize if I sound a little weird and disoriented. I got distracted. Just I'm seeing too much of this stuff over and over. And it's, ah, uh, boy. I mean, mm, I, uh, yeah. I, I just gotta stop. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this segment right here before I get too goofy. So we're gonna come back. Segment number two. Hopefully that one's a little bit more fun. Right after this. Maybe I should have worded that a little differently. The last segment was fun. I mean, we're talking about a fairly unexpected Vikings thromping. I mean, we thromped the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, no, it was fun. I didn't mean it that way. It's just uh, getting irritated with some of the stuff flashing on the screen. Sometimes I shouldn't even have anything on in the background. It's just, yeah, just shouldn't have it on in the background. That's all. 
That's what I get. Okay, so NFL Roundup, NFC North Roundup, more importantly. But we just kind of jump into the NFC Roundup in a sense, or NFL Roundup. Washington, the Redskins, are leading the Oakland Raiders after a Derek Carr interception kind of went deep early on, and it was picked off. So that didn't work out too well in the nation's capital, the Washington Redskins leading the Oakland Raiders so far. That's a rematch of one of the late 70s Super Bowls there. Uh, so we'll move on from that. Upcoming Monday, Monday night football, the one-on-one, one-and-one. Arizona Cardinals will face a one-and-one Dallas Cowboys. Tony Robles, old club, he was announcing with the, uh, uh, he was announcing the Packer game. Yeah, I keep going back to that one. The Rams, Thursday, Thursday night football. They outlast the San Francisco 49ers. I kind of like the Rams' new look a little bit. It's similar, but it seems like the gold has been replaced by white, particularly on the helmets, trying to look a little different now because they're the L.A. Rams again, like they were long ago in a galaxy far away. Would like to see the yellow come back. And, yes, you do see it occasionally, but it's kind of like a here-and-there type of thing. Luckily, they were wearing the retros. They're kind of like a reverse retro, though. That's kind of interesting because it's an actual all-yellow uniform. They didn't wear those back in the day. So, And the Niners were wearing a reversed uniform as well, wearing black with red uh, numbers. Kind of cool looking. That was back when Colin Kaepernick uh, and the 49ers rolled all over the Vikings to start out the 15, 2015 season, much to our shock. Little did we know the Vikings would finish 11-5 and that year. I'm still bouncing around, but hey, it's Vikings-related. Hey, that's more fun, right? The 49ers are 0-3. The Rams are putting up the points. Uh, kind of a mess. Kind of a weird game. 41-39. to What the hell? Los Angeles Rams, though, they're, uh, despite uh, not getting the best crowds in the world at their games, it's working out okay. And you know what? They are the legitimate Los Angeles team. The Chargers are, too, but that was, like, back in the 60s and stuff. So that's kind of, like, way, way back in the old days where the Rams, hey, they were in Los Angeles in, what, 95 still, right? Then they moved to St. Louis in, in uh, 96. I believe that's what it was. The same year the uh, the Cleveland Cavalier Browns moved to Baltimore. And then they had to restart that up in uh, 99. Yeah, they're still waiting on their second playoff berth, and it's not going to happen this year the way they, things are happening over there. I mean, they're just snake bit. Todd Gurley, one of the best running backs in the league, kind of rolled all over them. Jared Goff, up-and-coming uh, number one overall pick last season. Gurley and Goff. Gurley and Goff. That sounds kind of cool. I like that. The Gurley and Goff show in Los Angeles, California. Man, just uh, something else. I mean, Goff just putting up the stats, putting up the numbers, kind of like Case Keenum, huh? A couple less yards, accuracy a little bit higher, three touchdowns and a quarterback rating of 145.8. So that's awfully similar to Case Keenum. That was uh, Case Keenum's club last year, and he played a couple games. His Jerick office kill kind of struggling, getting going, and uh, all that good stuff. Of course, Samuel Sam Bradford was already gone to uh, the Vikings. Eventually, before that, obviously the Eagles. Even I'm going crazy. Sam Bradford never did play in LA at all. Jared Goff, luckily for him, and the Rams was the number one pick that just might work out finally. A lot of these blue chip quarterbacks that go number one overall, how many of them have failed? I mean, it's unbelievable. More of them have failed than have succeeded, haven't they? I mean, Tim Couch was a bust, and, and you could go on forever. Stafford, it took a while. He eventually caught up and got better. Uh, David Carr was a huge bust with the uh, Houston Texans years ago, way back at the beginning. It's kind of like when you start a franchise that way, it doesn't work out so well. Jamarcus Russell didn't work out at well, uh, well at all, but then luckily years later, they replaced him with Derek Carr, 
who, uh, yep, the younger brother of a number one pick, ended up working out fantastically. So, okay, the uh, Oakland slash Los Angeles Raiders, or Las Vegas Raiders, they were the L.A. Raiders in the in the 80s and 90s, <laughs> before they moved to Oaktown in 96. A lot of teams moved around the mid-90s there. Um, kind of cool, though, kind of cool, kind of cool to see the uh, Oakland Raiders recover from that. I'm going crazy, man. I'm going, I'm all over the place. Jeez. Todd Gurley, he's, he is one of the best running backs in football. Two touchdowns on the ground. Five total touchdowns between Goff and Gurley overall. Um, and I do know, I believe, yep, Gurley even had a receiving one. He had three total touchdowns. Man, you know what? It's kind of like back in 99 when you're coming into the season and you thought, you know, the Rams, they never win anything. But, damn, there's a lot of, you know, when you're, you're playing fantasy football going into the draft, it's like, you know what? This guy's good, and that guy's good, and that guy's good. And then I ended up taking like three or four Rams that year, and I'm thinking, why do I like the Rams so much? And then it's like, oh, crap. Look what happens when the guys like Isaac Bruce actually stay healthy. And then they have a quarterback like, you know, Kurt Warner instead of Tony Banks, and Kurt Warner ended up being actually the real deal, not some no-name. And, of course, yes, everybody was excited about uh, Todd, uh, what was his name? It was Green. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I forgot his first name now. Trent Green. Trent Green. There we go. Whew, I'm blanking. Trent Green going there. Um, from Washington, he just blows up and is like, wow, this guy's going to be something. And then he gets hurt. And next thing you know, uh, next thing you know, Kurt Warner goes in and he, he's 10 times better than Trent Green. And wow, holy cow. <laughs> and the Rams were what they were. Now look at the LA Rams right now putting up points. They're not. They're giving up points too, unfortunately. So they're still kind of a work in progress. But Geez, at least those two guys right there looking like something indeed. But look at Sammy Watkins, also a valuable guy. Robert Woods, over 100 yards apiece. Sammy Watkins, two touchdowns for the Rams. Yeah, I'm kind of dragging this a little bit, but I'm, I'm intrigued by the Los Angeles Rams. I think it's kind of cool. It's nice to see them doing better. I mean, they were a garbage heap for so long. And, well, look what happens when Jeff Fisher's gone. Look how much better this team's doing. And uh, good for the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Rams. And for those of you wondering why I say Los Angeles every time, I say uh, on every show instead of Los Angeles, it's because of Chick Hearn. That's how he said it. The former uh, Lakers broadcaster, the legendary Los Angeles Lakers broadcaster. That's how he said it. All right, here's another urban legend kind of sort of. What the bleep is going on with the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, I understand Jacksonville's improving a little bit, kind of like the Rams. They're kind of similar that way, where you have number one picks, and eventually some of these guys end up working out, and Jeez, 44-7 over Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco benched in the game. And not recent Super Bowl, but they're, well, you know. Baltimore is better than this, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're, they were 2-1 and one after this game. 2-0 and oh coming in. I don't think a lot of Baltimore fans were thinking they're going to be, you know, thinking they're going to be 2-1 and one after this game. But not only 2-1, and one, but wondering what the hell's wrong with their freaking football team. I mean, Jacksonville 44-7. to seven. In England, in in London, yes, the Vikings will be playing the Cleveland Browns in London later. Not too far off anymore. Um, but geez, what the bleep, man! I mean, forty-four to seven, man. I mean, what the hell? Ryan Mallett adds a touchdown after it was forty-four to nothing. Good job, Ryan Mallett, completing six of nine passes, getting the <laughs> bored and disinterested Baltimore Ravens into the end zone. Really like those two colors, by the way, Baltimore and. Uh, Jacksonville, the little colors on the Yahoo there. <laughs> it's pretty cool because it looks like the it looks like the late '80s there, the old purple and then pastel kind of teal. That looks really cool. 
Blake Bortles, awesome game. Four touchdowns for him. Just a huge quarterback rating. And, jeez. Blake Bortles, nice. I mean, what happened to Baltimore? You remember when Baltimore was looked on as a great defensive club? Okay. Yeah, well, they weren't good today. I mean, Blake Bortles looks... I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess because they're in England. I guess. Um, congratulations to Leonard Fournette. Blake Bortles, with again, four touchdown passes in the game. Not even the greatest completion percentage, but four touchdown passes in the game. And they romp all over the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, the Ravens. I'm just, I don't know. Can't believe it. Buffalo beating Denver. Buffalo Bills beat Denver 26-16. Good for the Bills. They're hanging in there. They're hanging right in there. They're still in first place in their division over there in the AFCs. 2-1. and one. Broncos dropped to 2-1. and one. That's a similar situation. Buffalo roaring forward. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor putting up some nice numbers. Good good completion percentage. Trevor Simeon. Not quite the uh, stat king like he was last week. Three, uh, three he was sacked three times. Two interceptions along the way. Not the best game for him. I mean, he just tore up. Uh, I can't remember who it was last week. Just crushed them. See, I mean, I'm sorry if I can't remember this and all that, but it's like, you know, it was a week ago and it's a different team, but uh, had a huge week last week. I think it was Jacksonville, if I remember correctly. I think it was. Uh, boy, the NFL's off to a weird start here. But um, good for, good on uh, Buffalo. They're hanging in there. I'm, it's kind of good to see teams like Buffalo, Jacksonville, and L.A. Rams do, do better. You know, it, it is. Uh, can't get to these two yet. Those are two major ones there. They're fun to talk about later on, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they're fun to talk about. <clears throat> Only one team in our division lost, and that was the team that was in first place. <laughs> well, we'll keep going. Indianapolis over Cleveland. Yeah, Indianapolis over Cleveland. Poor, poor Vince Germano and poor Cleveland. I like Cleveland. and Man, yuck, yuck. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser back after the concussion issues there with three interceptions in the game. Kind of a mess. Terrible completion percentage, 47%. Jacoby Brissett a lot better than what they had before. So congratulations to uh, Brissette. <laughs> Brissette. He did get one touchdown, accurate passing, limited passing, only 24 attempts, but a solid overall game for Jacoby Brissett of the Indianapolis Colts. As of course, Andrew Luck is out, out until hell freezes over, I suppose. And I'm not trying to be like Mike Zimmer. It just is what it is there. Frank Gore, can't believe he's still playing, but he's better than Robert Turbin, despite the fact it's two yards in a cloud of dust there for him. Uh, overall, at this stage, he's just slow, old. I really liked him with the Niners years ago when I actually liked the Niners. Now, I mean, I, I mean, they're fun to, I don't know. <laughs> it's a fun franchise in the past, but that's about all they are at this stage. We'll continue. New England, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, they scored 36 points, but gosh, they had to really edge the Houston Texans there to finish the game. I mean, I can't believe it. I mean, what's up with Houston putting up the points they were able to on this, uh, Patriots team, the defending world champions. Lucky for them, they're two and one. They got a winning record now. So, all right. <laughs> Rob, Gron Rob Gronkowski, huge game for him. If you're a fantasy guru, oh, good for you. Which I'll never be anymore. I used to be. Deshaun Watson, well, he's better than what they had going there with Tom Savage. He's a little bit better. Of course, Tolzine was the guy for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Brady, five touchdowns, putting up spectacular numbers. He did lose a fumble along the way, but just huge numbers, almost 400 yards, five touchdown passes. That's insane. But Houston putting up the points along the way. And, uh, well, congratulations to them. I mean, the fumble lost by Brady didn't help too much. I can't imagine. But uh, overall, Brandon Cooks really helping fill in that role. 
left earlier this season. Julian Edelman, anyway, <laughs> with the New England Patriots. Um, man, I mean, it's just, oof, huge loss, but Brandon Cook filling in Julian Edelman's stead along the way, and good for him. Two touchdowns for Mr. Brandon Cook's Gronkowski, 89 yards. Awesome. Uh, Hogan was a kind of a, you know, I mean, you, you almost used to kind of hope that Hogan could be like a Julian Edelman in disguise, even Amendola as well. Just popular kind of gritty guys, kind of smaller guys that can get the job done here and there. Hogan did get in the end zone twice along the way. And it's kind of like, you know, Brady's so good. He's able to complete passes to these guys regardless, and they and they make the catch. They make the play, and that's what matters at the end of the day. So congratulations to the New England Patriots back in their, getting back in their winning ways. The Jets, who are just ending the season, as we continue to make fun of them with that, well, so much for tanking, 20 to... 20-6 to six over the Miami Dolphins, both of the Florida clubs who, unfortunately, due to Hurricane Bleep and Irma, were unable to have a bye week the rest of the season. That's brutal. 16 games in a row. And you're starting to see injuries mount before, it can even, before they can even start, at least in Tampa Bay's case today. Poor LeVon, LeVon David. God, I hope he's okay for his sake. That didn't look good. The Jets, though, 20-6 to six over Miami? Really? Like, what's up with the Dolphins here? A lot of people thought Jay Cutler was going to wind up with the Jets at one point, and he, I, I, I don't know, I guess he was playing for them today. Mm, I guess, I mean, percentage deck down. This is the Jay Cutler that Bears fans got sick of. Weak, weak accuracy, just mediocrity, two to, I mean, one touchdown, one interception, low quarterback rating of 70. There's your Chicago Bears, Jay Cutler, Josh, Josh McCown, Mr. No, the Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Yeah, that guy. Strong, solid game. Very accurate, about 80%. Kind of like Sam Bradford last year. Last year. Hopefully Bradford's more like, you know, the three touchdowns they threw this year so far. Uh, only one touchdown and about 250 yards, but 80%. So kind of check down Charlie going on there. Um, still a strong game for him, though. Let's give him some credit. Helped them win the game. They beat the Dolphins, and good for them. I mean, there was a 69-yard play along the way, though. That did make Mr. Uh, <laughs> McCown look a little better along the way. It wasn't just checked down the whole time. So Robbie Anderson was that guy. Recipient of a 69-yarder along the way. I don't even know why I'm giving this game that much time. Philly, Philly over the New York Giants. A lot of people had the Giants not only getting to the Super Bowl, but winning it. Maybe beating the Patriots, or the Patriots would get revenge on them, but they're 0-3. I can't believe it, man. I mean, Philadelphia, with young Carson Wentz, 2-1. and They're looking good, and uh, boy, Eli Manning, mm. He's throwing touchdowns, he's getting yards, but he's turning the ball over too. Two, two interceptions in the game versus three touchdowns and Wentz. You know, not much in the touchdown department, but, if, uh, you know, he's just, he's just above average and that's about it. But he didn't turn the ball over and that was kind of the difference. I mean, when you get the Giants turning the ball over and the Eagles protecting the ball, that's the difference. Uh, despite the immense talent on that Giants offense, just, uh, just a little bit out of control, kind of a wild, wacky game. And Philadelphia is not an easy place to win, and this and that, and the Eagles are in a good position, and the Giants are not. Saints crush the Carolina Panthers today, 34-13 to in North Carolina. And I don't know why. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, is Carolina this bad? Now they started out the season 2-0. and Like, what? what's this? What the hell is this? I mean, the, the, the Saints just crushed the crap out of them. And I know... The Saints, obviously, their offense is talented, and we could go on forever about that because that's just the end of it. Maybe it was the Mr. Peanut look that uh, Sebastian Barton sent me. Yeah, he looks like Mr. Peanut with that outfit, that hat and the glasses, the cute little glasses. 
like he's some kind of a stagecoach driver back in 1890 or something. I, I, I don't know, but that's Cam Newton. Looked kind of weird there. Um, three interceptions. That's the Cam Newton that the Vikings faced. He was beat up a bit by the Saints' defense. And uh, this, t- I can't believe Derek Anderson's still playing. What the hell? Oh, my God, Derek Anderson's still playing. Didn't do a whole lot, a whole lot either, and it doesn't matter. Um, wow. <laughs> Adrian Peterson got nine carries. Nine carries for 33 yards. Ooh. Well, at least he got more than Alvin Kamara. Um, yep, well, we'll see where he winds up later on in the season. We'll just let that kind of play out at some point along the way. Michael Thomas, a lot of people doubted him coming into the draft, but uh, Paul Charchin seemed to like him. I, I kind of liked him a little bit too, and he's doing good for the New Orleans Saints and a good, strong game for them in general. Christian McCaffrey was the lone bright spot for those Carolina Panthers. 100 yards on nine catches for Christian McCaffrey. The Wow, that guy can really play, can he? <laughs> he really can play. Uh, but Carolina crushed at home today. I don't know why. Tennessee and Seattle, apparently neither one of them came out for the national anthem, and I say screw you. I wish they both lost the game. Um, you know, I don't know. It's getting to that point. It's getting to that point. It really is, and I'm going to talk about the other team today, too. Um, I'm glad Seattle lost because I hate them with a passion, so one and two. You know, I, I hate Seattle more than Tennessee, obviously. Obviously. I hate everyone in the NFC a whole lot, except the Vikings, <laughs> for the most part. I kind of like the 49ers sometimes, but not lately. Um, I, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, sitting, literally not even coming out for it, that's kind of weird. I don't know. But that's kind of the next thing, I guess. So what? what's the next thing? We're going to forfeit games or we're going to get rid of the national anthem altogether? Are we going to get bullied into that? Is that the next step? <sighs> that's what I'm afraid of. You know, that that's what I'm afraid of here is that we're going to get bullied into basically giving up anything and everything left, basically. I mean, it's just getting crazy. Um, I, I, I could go on forever, and I better just leave it alone. 33-27, Seattle. You know what? I'm going to protest your game since you're going to do that. I'm not going to talk about it. Next. Yeah, I just did it. Okay. Uh, not going to get to that one yet because that's one of the final ones. Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh, they hosted the Kansas City Chiefs. This was a pretty good matchup in the past. Not really. Um, Kansas City, they're undefeated now. No, I don't know. They're 24 and 10. They won 24 to 10 anyway today. And they're rolling and they're looking good. And Kansas, uh, yep, and the Chiefs are 3 and 0. That's what I thought. And yep, the Chargers are 0 and 3. And they really stink. And they can't draw anybody. And there's already talk about the Los Angeles Chargers moving back to San Diego. How about that one? Wouldn't that be something? And I'm sure the, the San Diego Padres, no, San Diego Chargers fans would like to have their team back. And hey, you know what? They're not the Chargers without their theme song. The San Diego Superchargers. I remember when Dylan sang that on the show one time. That's a cool song. That's a cool song. And you know, San Diego, they had the Clippers and they got taken away many years ago and they became the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, the team with Chris Paul and all that. That, and At least until the offseason this year when Chris Paul was traded to the Houston Rockets. Um, Philip Rivers, well, it finally caught up with him. I mean, he was the only guy kicking ass for Kansas City. Oh, my God, for uh, the Chargers. I'm seeing something that's distracting in a good way for Kansas City. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah, and I know, and you, and you heard about it, but it's just you just look at it and you can't believe it. Leave that alone for a second. Philip Rivers, though, had finally caught up with him. He was the only guy playing well. He was all by himself. Now he had a stink, stinky game, too. 
three interceptions, 50% completion percentage, quarterback rating 37.2, and that's about all she wrote there. Kareem Hunt is a future superstar in this league. In fact, he already is. He's a current superstar in this league. I mean, 17 rushes, 172 yards on the ground. Made the Chargers look like nothing. Made them look like uh, short circuits, I guess. I don't know. That might be sound, that might sound lame, but they got short-circuited all right by the Chiefs. Only one touchdown for Kareem Hunt. That's all he needed. That guy is a... He, he's a superstar. He only had one catch in the game, but again, that's all he needed. I mean, uh, total yards, what, what's that? 100 and... Uh, what did he have? 172. So 183 yards. Total yards. You know, I mean, kind of like Cook today for the Vikings. Jiminy. I mean... Uh, that's going to be a race for Rookie of the Year between Kareem Hunt and uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year between Kareem Hunt and uh, Delvin Cook. Gee, Kareem Hunt just looking awesome for the 3 0 Kansas City Chiefs who will lose their first playoff game because they always lose their first playoff game. <laughs> they always do. I mean, when's the last time they didn't? You know, I mean, it doesn't matter that uh, uh, Coach Schottenheimer isn't there anymore, the ever-forgettable Schottenheimer. Of course, Schottenheimer coached the 14-2 and San Diego Chargers, and they got beaten in their first round by, or in their first round by, in the second round game, division playoff game, immediately as well. So, I don't know. The Chiefs lose no matter who their coach is, if it's Schottenheimer, if it's Andy Reid, or whoever. We can't even mention the other names, because they were absolutely horrendous along the way. <laughs> they all were disappointing. Continue. Let's move on to the... Let's talk about the Bits and the Rhinos. Let's talk about the Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers. A team in the Pittsburgh Steelers that romped all over the Vikings last week and kind of rubbed our noses in it, and that was just real fun to watch, and I just enjoyed it so much. I just loved talking about that one. Just loved it. Um... I love talking about today's game, though, because it was great. It's just the damn distractions. That's kind of what's ruining my... It's just ruining the mood, and it's annoying. It really is. <laughs> I mean, it really is, and that's why I sound so messed up in the head right now. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers did not show up for the National Anthem. They no-showed except for offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva, who actually is a military veteran, and yes, he's an offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you know what, Alejandro Villanueva, the only guy that came out to stand and put his hand over his heart, where the rest of them didn't even come out of the doggone locker room, you know, it's one thing to have an opinion, it's another to kind of, I think, take it a little further, um, I think Villanueva, you know what, you're my favorite Pittsburgh Steeler, at least for today. And you know what, congratulations and God bless you and thank you for your service. Pittsburgh Steelers got what they deserved today, 23-17. to And you know what, you don't have to agree with my, my opinion. I don't have to agree with yours. It's football, but this doggone politics is getting shoved on our throats one way or another. And it's, I don't know, I mean, I blame the media more than anything. Uh, you know, um, the president should slow down with his... I don't know if it's his temper or temperament or hyper ability or, you know, it's the kind of, or just to, just the old New Yorker, I can't keep my mouth shut thing. You know what? I have a little bit of that and I've been called a New Yorker. It's more of a compliment to me at times because I'm doing a radio show. He's the president. So it's a little different. Um, I do have a New York personality. I can't help myself sometimes. I'm from Golden Valley, Minnesota, but I have a New York personality and that might be why Sometimes my ratings fluctuate, particularly Timberwolves Explosion. It seems like nobody listens to that anymore. That show's done, man. <laughs> God bless those of you in Australia that are listening to this show and that listen to that one. <sighs> well, maybe that show will come back and it'll be fine. But it's just, you know, I can't help myself sometimes. And uh, I don't know. And I, I think 
Trump, who I did vote for, and you don't have to like that. I'm not expecting you to vote for him. I, you know, I mean, it's up to you what you do. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think, I think some of this is getting a little bit too far. It's getting too out of hand, and you'll hear a bit more about that. And I'm sorry. You know, let's move on. Chicago wins 23 to 17. Congratulations to the Bears. At the end of the day, whether Pittsburgh deserved it or not. The Chicago Bears played played well in the game. Uh, Mike Lennon had a Jay Cutler type performance, just a little bit more accuracy. The one touchdown, one interception. The whole bleeping season last year, in the last five years with Chicago, you had games like that with Jay Cutler, particularly when they lost, but sometimes when they won too. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell only had carried the ball 15 times in the game. Ben Roethlisberger was inaccurate all the way throughout the game. He did get one touchdown completion. Luckily, he did not throw an intercession, but he did fumble in the game. 56% in the game for Mr. Ben Roethlisberger. Jordan Howard, who had been horrendous until this week, was you know uh, was awesome today. 138 yards on the ground. He, he, his long, his long was only was 19, right? But this, but the, the, his consistency. He averaged six yards a carry because he was so consistent throughout the whole game. Uh, the Bears absolutely awesome. Terry Cohen 78 yards on the ground as well, and that's what carried the Chicago Bears uh, along the way. Antonio Brown spectacular in the game, but he's the only guy spectacular for Pittsburgh. The lone bright spot. Other than that, I mean, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Pittsburgh handed to in Soldier Field. Yes, it went to overtime, but the Bears earned it, doggone it. They earned it, and they earned it. Talk about the Detroit Lions last, because they are next week's opponent. Where are the... Where's the Packers? Oh, boy. Well, (laughs) they were trailing. They were trailing for size throughout the game in Cincinnati. 90 degrees, the hottest game in the history of Lambeau Field. Humid as bleep. Thank you, Hurricane Maria. It made swimming season extend into late September, which is fun, and sometimes this happens. But 90 and humid is ridiculous. 80 and, like, dew point of 55, 58 is one thing. But when you're talking dew point of 68, 70, 72, that's insane. Uh, well, Cincinnati scored first. Green Bay answered, and Cincinnati just kept scoring, and Green Bay kept struggling. Um, Cincinnati, though, just could not get the job done. At the end of the day, they got to a 21 to 7 lead. Then they were able, as Green Bay got it up to 21 to 17. And the next thing you know, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals add one more field goal. So at least it's a touchdown. And the Packers, you know, they're, they're getting incomplete passes. But of course, magic, old magic, Mr. Frickin' Hail Mary, Aaron Rodgers himself, continues to complete the passes he needs to, threading the needle to Jordy Nelson. God, I hated it. And then, of course, just like clockwork, Cincinnati can't do jack bleep. Three and out in the overtime. They win the toss. I figured that the Packers would win the toss, and then it would be what happened. But, of course, big shocker. Andy Dalton can't get the job done. You know, after they gave up the lead, he, he didn't turn the ball over in the game. But it just didn't perform when he needed to. Doggone it. And <laughs> the Packers come out victors after Andy Dalton and the Bengals three and out. The Green Bay, oh, the most aggressive defense ever. We're so happy for you, Packer fans. And Aaron Rodgers was just perfect after that. He was ready to end his overtime drought. Aaron Rodgers was 0 for 7 in overtime before this game. Mr. Hail Mary himself, Mr. Hurl the ball up and somebody magically catches it. Yes, it's an accurate pass, but come on. It can't happen every time, can it? But it did, and uh, yeah, but in this case, it wasn't the Hail Mary. It was just threading the needle and getting the job done, and then frickin' Bengal players that couldn't tackle their grandmother 
on that final play, or second to final play of the game, other than Mason Crosby's field goal. And, of course, it is what it is. And the Packers win, and they're 2-1. The Vikings are 2-1. The Bears are 1-2. And, and the Detroit Lions are 2-1 because they could not finish the job against the Atlanta Falcons. The touchdown that would have put them ahead and maybe ultimately would have won the game was called back, and it didn't happen. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> the Falcons survived. Not a big Falcons fan at all, but they're 3-0. and Congratulations coming off their Super Bowl loss. The devastating Super Bowl loss. Who knows? Maybe they'll pull the Kansas City Royals and come back and win. Like, well, the Royals were heartbroken at the last second. Got beat by a dynasty in the San Francisco Giants. Came back and won the, won it dominantly the next year. As they crushed the New York Mets in the World Series. Maybe the Atlanta Falcons are on, on, the, on the path to doing that. Who knows? Maybe they'll crush Pittsburgh or something. Um, if the Steelers do make it. I doubt it, though. I doubt it. Um... <clears throat> Lions do not get the job done. This is their first loss of the year after pulling out their little miracle victories with their kind of wannabe Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. Well, he had a uh, he had a Carson Palmer type of game. All those, you know, he had 45 attempts, 55%, one, only one touchdown, lucky for him, no interceptions. Matt Ryan struggled throughout the game, and that's one of the reasons why the Lions were hanging in there. Three interceptions by Matt Ryan, but the Falcons able to get the job done despite Matt Prater's massive kicking ability, 57-yarder late in the game, put the Lions in it, may have ultimately helped the Lions win the game, but a touchdown was called back, and it cost the Lions the game. Unfortunately for them, Devonta Freeman, 106 yards, Amir Abdullah, I mean, there's not much going on at running back in Detroit, but Matthew Stafford is the kind of guy who's an escape artist, and he always seems to do what he needs to do to help this club win. Um... Multiple receivers, nobody great, obviously. We, we know that. Theo Riddick is one of those receiving running backs that's more of a receiver than a, than, a, than, a, than a runner. Amir Abdullah is the main runner guy, but he's also capable of receiving. And it's players like that that tend to hurt the Vikings along the way. This segment is extremely long, but again, it's because of all the damn politics in this league right now. And you just keep seeing it, and then, mm, I don't know. I wish they'd slow down a little bit. But you know what? Maybe our president should slow down, too. Yes. Everybody, slow down, okay? Slow down, will you? Then I don't have to have two-hour shows bitching and moaning about guys kneeling for the national anthem. Oh, for the love of God. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Really, I can't. Will the Vikings beat the Detroit Lions next week? Well, they better. Because the Vikings, uh, you know... I hope Sam Bradford's ready to go, but he's week to week. You know, as they say, day to day, well, he's week to week because anything could happen. It's a soreness thing. It's a tolerance thing. But then again, when you're getting a second opinion from Dr. James Andrews, well, that's kind of a, yeah, that's kind of a, uh uh-oh, hopefully it's nothing super-duper serious. It doesn't sound like it, though, because if it was, I don't think he'd be able to walk. If there was, like, a torn ACL in there, I don't think he'd be walking. It's more of, again, is it bone-on-bone? Like, is it bone on bone? That's the huge key here. James Andrews is obviously the legendary uh, surgeon out there. He's the guy who does everything, pretty much. He does the guy. He's the guy that says the surgery was successful. That's him. You know, ACL surgery last week, successful. ACL surgery on Thursday night, successful. That's Dr. James Andrews. So, yeah, hopefully that's okay. Um, but it looks like Case Keenum's capable of being the quarterback of the Vikings for now. Offensive line. 
Riley Reef, <laughs> obviously had a pretty strong game. He was called for a hands, illegal hands to the face today. But other than that, I, I mean, I like Riley Reef. It was kind of you know, it's ticky tackish a little bit, but okay, yeah, it's a, it's a good call. Just frustrating. Just bad timing, like they always are. Whenever the offensive lineman gets called for something, it's the worst timing ever. Ooh, Jeff Locke. Ooh, Jeff Locke. He's the punter. He's the man, and he's averaging 47.8 a game right now. Or uh, at least he averaged a, that many a punt in today's game, is what I'm trying to say. 52 yards long. Ooh, Jeff Locke is over in Detroit. Just like uh, Blair Walsh screwed us last year when we were playing Detroit with a key miss late in that game. It helped us lose. And you saw the worried look on his face, and you just knew what was coming. Happy Thanksgiving, Blair Walsh. Thank you very much. Oh, Blair. Oh, Blair. Uh, you know, does it have to be as simple as just bring the freaking Matthew Stafford down when you have him in the grasp? Is it going to be that close? Or are the Vikings going to pound this team away? Wouldn't that be great? No, it's going to be close. And it's going to be key. It's all about offensive line on both sides, obviously. It's about our defensive line getting to Matthew Stafford and finishing the freaking tackle. And, of course, you saw that with Cincinnati today with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is never going to get brought down, brought down in key moments late in games unless just it just happens to be your day. And you just pray to God it is your day because it almost never is against the Packers in those doggone close game situations. It just drives you nuts. And Matthew Stafford's been clutch as bleep as well, and that's why they made the playoffs last year. But they, just like the Kansas City Chiefs, never win a playoff game, and they haven't won once since 91. The Chiefs' last playoff win was 93. The only team that's worse is Cincinnati right now, <laughs> 1988. Buffalo has won more playoff games since then. Jacksonville has won more playoff games since then. San Francisco, a team that people make fun of nowadays, well, they won a hell of a lot of playoff games once upon a time, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, Chicago has won more playoff has won playoff games more recently since then. So, I mean, you could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Cleveland's the only one that hasn't, but they haven't been in the league that long. <laughs> the Jets, Miami, Philadelphia, okay, you know, Saints obviously have won a championship. I mean, Seattle, Tennessee, okay, you get the idea. You'd go on forever. Cincinnati sucks. Cincinnati sucks. That's all there is to it when it comes to the playoffs. <sighs> Why am I still talking about that? Anyway, Cincinnati and Green Bay. Okay. The Vikings, you know, this is one of those games It's crucial to them not only winning, hopefully winning the division, which would be the best case scenario, but it's gonna you're going to have a hell of a time doing that until Green Bay like falls in their face and you hope they do. you got to beat Detroit to make the playoffs. The fight, it's that simple, and this is, the home, this is a home game. You need to ride the momentum of Case Keenum from the last time. The Vikings rode no momentum last time around because, well, it was a different quarterback. It was a home opener for Pittsburgh, which is like, they're pretty much like over 90% win percentage the last 12 years there, which is insane. So, I don't know. Everything was against the Vikings there. Uh, Sam Bradford was a game-time decision, and he ended up being a big, fat no, unfortunately. Um, Case Keenum was prepared, but he wasn't fully prepared. Where this time around, it seemed like he was more fully prepared. You had a defense that was beatable. Detroit's beatable. I mean, they gave up 30 points today. They gave up 30 points today, okay? And I know Matt Ryan's good. He threw some interceptions. Hopefully, hope to God that Case Keenan will not be doing that. It's going to be a close one, though. It's going to be close. I, I have faith in the Vikings' offense. I mean, you have receivers that can bring the ball in. You hope this momentum can continue. Uh, Stefan Diggs has had huge success against Detroit in the past, more so his first year than his second year last year. Uh, Adam Thielen, just a huge key in this one. Obviously, Delvin Cook is as big a key as there is. Uh, 
Boy, um, Cook needs to be that safety blanket for Case Keenum when he needs to make a play. And, of course, Cook capable of taking one to the house from God knows where. If he can break a couple tackles, break a couple tackles, and you know he can. Uh, the Vikings offense is just so key here. Obviously, getting to Matthew Stafford is kind of like finishing the job, though. Um, the Vikings offense needs to continue the momentum they had coming into this one. And the Vikings defense needs to finish the job. It's kind of like, again, like in, it's almost like baseball in a sense. Just score some damn runs. You, you you know you can. You got some power hitters on this club. And then just doggone it, that relief pitcher needs to finish the things off. And when you have guys like Linval Joseph and obviously Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter, who's not been racking up the sacks of late, you hope he can get that, maybe a forced fumble, stuff like that. You know, you need to continue the, the takeaway battle, too. You need to win that again like the Vikings did today. Even if it's just 1-0, to zero, just force that damn fumble or that interception from Matthew Stafford and the Vikings can win the football game in U.S. Bank Stadium. I will pick a Vikings win because I love the momentum going in. Detroit is scary, but they're beatable. They're as beatable as they were last year. They're just, they've just had a lot of positive luck of late, and it's carried them into the playoffs last year. Their luck ended in the playoffs, like it always does. Um, so, uh, final score in this one, I'm going to go 31 I think the Vikings do score 30 in the game. I, I'm that confident in this offense as long as they freaking protect Case Keenum or Sam Bradford. And if Bradford's in there, they absolutely will score 31 and the offense will look beautiful. But I think Case Keenum's capable of doing something with this offense as well. Um, you didn't even see Kyle Rudolph Harley today because the Vikings didn't need him as much out there. It was all about Cook, obviously, Thielen, and and Diggs. And of course, even Jarius Wright joined the party with that pylon reach, <laughs> that reach over the pylon for the touchdown. Um, no reason why the Vikings shouldn't beat Detroit. I mean, obviously they're good, they're dangerous, but the Vikings should beat them. 31-27, Minnesota will outlast the Detroit Lions. They will get the big sack when they need it. There will be at least one turnover on Matthew Stafford in the game. Um, it's an offense that's scary more in the air, but it's a I don't know. It's a West Coast-style offense, obviously. I mean, that's very spread out, and it seems like the whole league is turning into a West Coast-style offense. <laughs> so it's just kind of the way things are headed at this stage. Vikings will win 31-27 to due to the wonderful aerial attack and hopefully get that turnover, and I feel they will on Matthew Stafford. And Vikings will outlast the Lions, be 3-1. and one. More than likely, Green Bay will probably be 3-1 and one as well, though. But then again, maybe not after the short week and after being out in that heat as well. They have to play on Thursday night. So hopefully the Vikings will finish this week in first place. This is their chance to do it. Go out there and do it, please. 31-27, Minnesota in the uh, wonderful U.S. Bank Stadium. Let's come back and we will hear from Mad Martin's Mad Takes to lead things off in fan interaction. Uh, hi, Joey and the Purple Faithful. Well, it's a beautiful Tuesday afternoon up here in the north of Scotland. Had a little bit of time to uh, sort of reflect on that game, and uh, what can you say? It felt like a repeat of 2016. And uh, that key word from last year, which was frustration. Bloody horrible game. First I heard of the, the Bradford MIA was when I switched on the pregame to hear that, uh, or what they basically said was, that Teddy Bridgewater could be off the pup list by week six, and I'm sort of scratching my head going, OK, that's good news, but why are we discussing Teddy Bridgewater? 
Uh, then to find out, obviously, that um, our man Bradford had a knee issue. It's like, oh, crap. So anyway, that, that kind of, you know, put the damper on the whole situation. And it was like, well, we're going to lose this one, but I'll sit down because I'm interested to see what this um, offence, and especially the offensive line, would do against uh, an upper echelon front seven that the Steelers have. And uh, what we did see was a regression, significantly. Um, too many penalties, way too many of those. Um, just remembering in the, uh, the second quarter, we're rolling into half-time and uh, got a decent drive going. And the next three snaps, the O-line basically turned into cardboard. And the QB is running for his life. Very, very disappointing bit of an odd week this one Joe. I kind of listened to the show in three segments listened to the uh, your game review Tuesday it's uh, now Friday um, and I've listened to obviously all the results because um, Tuesday night I tend to uh, try and catch up on some of the, the games in highlight form because after that uh, Sunday night performance I just switched channels I really couldn't face any more NFL but again on reflection uh, there are a few issues or, or talking points the kicker Ah, dear, oh dear. 50% of extra points. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah, Blair Walsh, he he trundles off to uh, Minnesota Northwest. Or was that Vikings Northwest, I should say? And uh, it's been incredible. Um, Other issues, Trey Waynes, you know, third season. Um, All I hear is, he's got great recovery speed. Terrific. Cover the guy and not worry about having to recover your speed would be more of an option. Is a concern and two huge penalties in first in those first two games. Yuck. Right now it's Sunday morning uh, over here, which is probably quite early Sunday out your end. Uh, getting ready for the game. Just want to say it was a, another solid podcast, Joey. Thanks for all you do. Um, one of the comments from I think Mark Carson saying that he, he's a kind of strong fervent supporter of uh, Sam Bradford completely on the same hymn sheet as he is um, hopefully that knee is not going to be troublesome and we do have our quarterback of the future because um, quite frankly yes we lost the first round pick this year big deal um, but quite often how often have we have those first rounders that are a complete waste of time uh, Treadwell personally um, I'm not going to put him in the bust category yet. Let's see what he does this season. But we have had some first-rounders in the past that have been bloody useless. I can think of one in particular, Troy Wimlinson. And, of course, we could have had Mr. Rogers in that draft. So, yeah, you lose a first-rounder, but you've picked up a quarterback that has um, a track record and is a quality player, as opposed to hoping to hit in the draft and failing. We've got Teddy in the back. Uh, which is nice. So we, we have two potentially decent quarterbacks. Uh, I'm not quite ready to say Teddy, Bro- Teddy Bridgewater is elite. Um, I, the body of work that we've seen isn't significant enough to uh, say, yes, he's the future. I think Sam Bradford's the future. If he has a decent season, I think we're locked and loaded for perhaps a significantly better 2018. I'm not going to write the season off yet. Hopefully Bradford will be back in a couple of weeks. And... Um, we'll be good to go the schedule looking at it isn't anywhere near as hard as last season so there is hope and that's all we can hope for isn't it hope right I'm going get ready for this game and uh, buckle up for another evening of uh, 
possibly falling asleep in the third quarter, which is what I did last week, to my shame, because I was that bored by then. Anyway, take it easy, Joey, uh, and uh, skull purple people out there. Oh, one last thing before I dump my touche on the old proverbial sofa for the afternoon of football entertainment. Oh, I'm going to watch that London game. Anyway, um, let's hope we see some takeaways from our defence. They've been sadly lacking, well, so far in the first two games. And if I remember correctly, last season, after those first five winning games, our takeaway um, differential was pretty poor. So, fingers crossed that they get a couple of those tonight. Or today, in your case. Right, I'll have a dirty guys. Well, those Vikings are like that box of chocolates, aren't they? You never know what you're going to get. Last week we had that disgusting strawberry fondant crap. And today we had that uh, delicious caramel nutty thing with lots of chocolate over it. Superb performance. And Case Keenan, what was that all about? You know, here's a guy that, uh, yeah, was pretty pretty impressive as a, a college player. Uh, as an NFL player, mm, not so much. Anyway, great performance from him. Great team performance. Trey Waynes. Interception. Save six points. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Shocked. Really shocked. But um, interceptions, takeaways, whatever you want to call them. Three of them? A bit like buses. They all came at once. Let's hope for some more of those as the season progresses. A uh, lot of positives to take away today. Offensive line looked better. It gave uh, Keenum the opportunity to play the ball. Uh, and great work from our receivers as well. Yeah, very pleased. In- looking forward to the podcast, mate. Bye. And I thank you once again, Dave. Yet another magnificent performance. Mad Martin's mad takes. That was spectacular. Um, you know, I, it's tough to follow that up. Honest to God. You know, I mean, you you may love this show and all that stuff, but yeah, Dave is fantastic. What an awesome addition to this show, isn't he? <laughs> so it is So it is the Northern, it is Northern Scotland. So I was right long term there. Um, ultimately, I, yeah. <laughs> so we'll just keep jumping around. We're going to hear some more from Dave on Twitter at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Though at the same time, yeah, I mean... Uh, <laughs> yep, it is kind of like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, like the farm, the old Forrest Gump uh, quote there, the famous quote from Forrest Gump years ago. Uh, that that was a goofy movie, but it was, it was all right. Um, Dave Martin was saying it's uh, at, well, yeah, I'll give his Twitter account out there if it's, if he's okay with that, at L-E-U-R-B-O-S-T Viking. Okay, so there it is. If you want to follow Mad Martin, he says, wow, that London game was a great advert for the NFL. Yep. It's like not. You know, it's a statement opening drive. Now take away, please. And the Vikings were able to get those takeaways, as you called for in your segment there, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. And yep, yeah, that's something we've been calling for because it's just been non-existent. And, um, you know, absolutely, Case Keenum as well, stepping up in a big way. And there's hope at the quarterback position. I'll bite uh, multiple damaged goods. And then Keenum, we'll see. I don't know if he's an NFL starter, but... Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah, just never know in this world. Um, it wasn't bad, though. Not a bad performance. He says, no idea about the second drive game pass went down and the laptop almost went out the window. Ooh, yeah, you got mad about that one. Yeah, because it was, it was disappointing. Yeah, about game. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine how frustrating that is when your video goes out. Sometimes I rely on NFL Mobile, so being a Verizon customer, so wink, wink there. He says, okay, I'm back and liking what I'm seeing. I want to see some long drives and takeaways. I don't ask. It's not asking too much, is it? 
says our record against the Steelers sucks. Is it six and seventeen? Even that two thousand nine team lost there. Yep, and that was the game with the Adrian Peterson uh, staring on the sidelines with his as he kind of leaned forward, 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 and closed his eyes as it was a pick six. Uh, Favre's pass slightly overthrown to Chester Taylor went through Chester Taylor's arms, intercepted by. Pittsburgh Steelers defender in a way he went that was in the Troy Palomalu days he was still playing back then uh, I was saying night and day or yep the box of chocolates you never know what you're going to get yep Easton again once again with that multiple uh, with multiple holding penalties over the course of this season the, today he had at least one yep I uh, said at last a takeaway and that was Wayne's so far those chocolates are tasty yep yep the caramel ones that you were talking about <laughs> what was it a caramello maybe or a Milky Way. Mmm, I love Milky Way. He says, I see number seven, and I always think of Ponder. Yep, but like you when I'm seeing from this number seven, dig it, touchdown. Yep, that was the digs along the way. Now, see, it's like the seven I'm thinking about with the way he looked today was Randall Cunningham. I mean, you know, they, Randall Cunningham had a good arm, but he kind of sailed his passes in, and Keenum's are more of like he's, he's sailing him in. They're not like the bullets, like the Brett Favre type of throws, and even Sam Bradford capable of throwing a bullet or two here and there. Uh, I said Keenum's caster rating now perfect. Yep, he couldn't believe it. He's he fallen asleep again. And yeah, I mean, I was I don't blame you for falling asleep during that Pittsburgh game, like he was saying in that third quarter. It's like you, yep, it's like it feels shameful at the moment, but then you're like, eh, it was a terrible game last week. Um, yep, we were very very excited about the takeaways. He's like, I expect a buzzing podcast. My man might watch some red zone myself. Great team effort today, and indeed it truly was. Thank you very much. And I want to thank uh, Vince and Tanae for retweeting the show as well. Thank you, guys. There's Vince for sure. Yep, and Tanae did as well. Thank you guys for retweeting and passing it on to your friends. Oh, but I don't want to forget about uh, Antonio Fett. That is Anthony Carlson. That's Mark Carlson's son there over there. He's been living in the Philadelphia area. He is in the service, just like Mark Carlson was. And Larry Carlson as well. That's Mark's father. So, yeah, three generations in the military. And I end up from Iowa there. Love you guys. Uh, Antonio Fett is his Twitter account. He says, look on the bright side, Green Bay and the Bears lost. I know that makes me feel better. And that was last week, of course. He says, when did the Lions learn to play football? Someone tell Minnesota the preseason is over. And, yeah, that was an incredible uh, start to the season for Detroit. And, unfortunately for them today, they lost. And, uh, well, now the Vikings get to... I'll get to go, I'll get to kick off against them Sunday at high noon. It's a showdown, and hopefully things indeed uh, head in the Vikings' favor in a big way coming into next week. So that will wrap up the Twitter account. I will uh, give a quick shout out to MN Vikings Haven, MN Vikings Haven, Trevor Wicker, and the founder of that Facebook page. Do join that in-game conversation. You know, just news, notes, all that good stuff. Friendly people to talk to on there as well. Do join that one. Also, don't forget to join the Purple Mafia Facebook page. Um, I, I will say again that MN Vikings Haven kind enough to allow me to post links on the page as well. Thank you very much for that. Uh, th- links to Purple Mafia. So now we'll continue for the, from the Vikings, uh, the Purple Mafia page anyway. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. That information will be in the show description. Leaving off from the last show, there's always a few comments about how People like the show. And you know what? It's okay to criticize things here and there as well. So I'm just letting you know. But thank you guys that do love the show. I appreciate it very much. Gerald has a lot to say on this show. He says, love the show. Hated the outcome of the game this week. I still remember watching that old Steeler Vikings Silver Volley up and didn't want to get on the bus that Monday morning uh, to go to school because I knew all the heckling that was coming. 
Yep, I was pretty young, guessing second or third grade. Still remained a Vikings fan after that, so hopefully someday they could put it all together. I doubt it much more each year. Yep, because it's been just every, you know, 56 years now, and it's just every year. God dang it. Uh, He says, but just going to wait it out and see what happens, getting pretty nervous about the quarterback situation. Man, I wish Teddy was getting close. I agree with you. We could have lost anyway, even if Bradford was out there, would have, oh, even if he was playing, but think we can beat the Bucks at home if Bradford is truly 100%, otherwise not so much. And Luckily, Case Keenum was one of the stars of today's show. He was the, He's the Coast Guard, and hopefully he can continue that along the way. Like, he's the Coast Guard stopping the Buccaneers, now he's got to do that to the Detroit Lions. He's got to be the Lion Tamer. That's the next one. The Lion Tamer. Ooh, isn't that creative? Mark Carlson out of Iowa. Gerald Sring is out of Nebraska. Mark says, just finished listening to the podcast. I listened during breakfast this morning. I'm off for a few days. Yep, and he was saying how he didn't get to see the game today, too. Uh, I remember he said during the the uh, in-game conversation. I'll continue here, Mark. A lot to say as well. Though I missed much of the Steeler game, I do have a few thoughts to share this week. Missing the extra point is an indicator that the high floor bath will be NFL, not for long. That's what Dylan Richardson said a few years ago. Yep, the not for long league. That's what NFL stands for. Um... Yep, that was back in the day, man. I, I, I want to get Dylan on again. He was He's so good for, like, playoff shows and, like, season previews and stuff. Oh, those were the days, Dylan. If you're listening, if you just happen to be listening, I know he's a busy guy and all that, and he's had, had, had a new child come around recently, and he, uh, you know, got remarried and all that, married a new wife and everything, and, man, God bless Dylan, you know. God bless him. He says, uh, my other qu- my other comment is a question. Why so many penalties? And that was, yep, that was the Pittsburgh game. Every player must do his job, and the most basic thing in football is to not jump off sides. Yep, do not create a penalty of any sort. And that's what Cincinnati did along the way, too. Uh, yep, when they choked against the uh, Packers. He says, these are the little things mentioned on the show yep, that I mentioned. Yep, and he says, and the coaches need to drop the hammer. Everyone makes mistakes, I know that, but this team made enough mistakes in this game to hand them out to everyone in the crowd with enough leftover. The refs can use them again in the next game as long as this team plays at, at a level that is giving up yards and first downs and penalties, though it's only week three. The chances of winning anything are looking grim. We can still win even with a mediocre backup quarterback, but everyone must step up and play at a higher level. Play as play as the professional that you're being paid to be, and no more excuses. I want more from this team every week than a stomach ache. Who is with me? Skull Mark from Iowa, and I am 100% with you, Mark. I am 100% with you, and the Vikings, luckily, were with you today, at the very least. Boy, that Detroit touchdown was awfully close, wasn't it? I saw that in the background there. Yep, I'm distracted. No, but no, i very focused on that message there, and thank you very much, Mark. I am 100% with you out of Iowa. Josh Mayor Henry out of Colorado says, David Gibson, this is the Viking show I was telling you about, and thank you very much, Josh Mayor Henry. And David, if you're listening, thank you, and welcome aboard. I, I, I hope he is. Mark was saying, yep, get on board, and Gerald was saying agreed, and thank you guys for, uh, thank you, Josh Mayer Henry, for bringing David on board, if he is indeed listening. But no, thank you anyway for a minimum trying, if David is bored with the idea and didn't want to jump on, jump on bummer, but thank you, Josh, anyway, at, the bare, at a bare minimum. 
Ah, I was saying, ah, it's no good, Captain. Sam Bradford is expected to miss his second straight game on Sunday. And I was doing the uh, Scotty from Star Trek, the original series. Yankee out of St. Paul says, time to go one and two. Sebastian says, so we will be one and two. And I was thinking pretty much. Reggie Adams Jr. is also a part of the purple press box with Sebastian on Spreaker is saying, we're at home and pissed off. We will play good. Uh, yep, Jamie's, Jamie throws three picks. Well, you were pretty damn close, Reggie. He threw two. No, he did throw three. Oh, my God, Reggie. You are. That's awesome. Good job. Um, that was a good call, Reggie. I, <laughs> I'm thinking you're a little bit too optimistic, and, yes, Reggie's one of those optimists out there, if he happens to be listening. I don't know if he listens. Maybe. You're a real optimistic guy, and I appreciate it. And you know what? It worked out great. That was cool. Uh, Sebastian was saying, well, everyone wanted Teddy... This may be his chance, and long-term, maybe. And right now, it's Keenum's chance, and good for Keenum. He's making some money for himself long-term, possibly in this league, as at least a, a attractive backup quarterback out there who clearly can win football games, at least against the Buccaneers. And the Bucks. But see, my fear was the Bucks sucked back then, just, a, just like a couple years ago. Now they're getting a little better, and Keenum beat the crap out of him. So, cool. Um... Reggie says, I like Sammy, but this is playing out well for Teddy to return depending on when Bradford starts again. Mm-hmm. He says, we can't forget about Slaughter. Yep, that guy that was brought in from Denver there on the practice squad. Now he's a active player. I believe we will win this week, but if Case loses the game, it won't be long before the young gunslinger makes his debut. Sebastian says, I want Slaughter to play over Keenum. Rather go down behind the arm of a kid. The kid, even, I mean, then a proven mediocre at best quarterback. Yep. Justin Muir Henry out of Colorado says it makes me sick. And yeah, um, <clears throat> at the time, Keenum looked like complete garbage against Pittsburgh, but now today, all right. Okay. He looks like a more than competent quarterback, at least for the moment. Jeff Royland says, he's out of Iowa as well. He says, unfortunately, this is part of the game. You can't protect injuries, so if someone gets hurt, you just stack it up and cheer for your team. If the Broncos can win with D, so can the Vikes. Good or bad, I support this team, and I hope Sam gets back soon. Until then, they'll carry on and try to and try to level Winston, and they, they did for the most part. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota says, Dang, Mark Carlson says, I had a feeling you wouldn't play this week. Double dang. Gerald Strings says, Face it, we're a jinx team. Josh Mary Henry wraps up this section saying, the next three weeks are division games of Sam sitting one more week to get healthy for them. Could be a good thing. We can't afford to drop them games. Yep, 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 yep. Well, we'll see what happens. And Keenum filled in wonderfully today. Mm. <laughs> Vikings versus Buccaneers in game. Yep, I won't read all of them. Just kind of here and there. Particularly later on, if it loads. If it loads. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how's the play, right? I keep saying that. In order to get on board like Mr. Uh, Dave Martin, Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland, in order to get on board, there it did load, but I'll still mention that anyway. You can use the call in line. It is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into Purple Mafia. Also on the Facebook page, there's the Call Now button. It calls the exact same number. It uses Facebook Messenger if you're international. It'll go the same way. The one thing is it's limited to three minutes. The audio submission route, particularly guys with the green with the, the gold card that can go longer, like Sebastian and Dave Martin, those guys for sure have it. Dylan Richardson does too, but I doubt he'd ever do it. It'd be nice if he did. Um, 
Tanae Wilson-Brown has it for the... Uh, Tanae and Vince have it for the Timberwolves Explosion Quiz, without a doubt. Um, but yeah, um, there's the auto-submission route, which I'm trying to say. You use your smart device, be it an iPod, iPad, Samsung Tab, Samsung Phone, whatever it is, iPhone, you know. And call. Uh, use your free audio recorder. Get it to however long you want it to be. And... Email it to Pal- uh, save it and email it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. I'm not sure if Dave he uses the smartphone or if he uses his uh, if he uses Audacity. I'm guessing it's a smartphone though because the file I had to convert it to MP3. So either way, it's totally fine. Some of you might even have a laptop and a microphone can use Audacity, and you can do that and email it the same way. Save it and email it like that. That's what I would do if I do an audio submission for a show. But uh, I've been lazy. Hey, I need to do those for somebody out there one of these days. So. <laughs> Let's uh, get going, though. That's how things work. Uh, Sebastian was saying we're such a different team at home. He was very happy about that, and that's true so far. Brad McCarthy had the Can You Dig It uh, picture up there. Matt Emer out of the UK, yep, a classic old-school Purple Mafia listener, says, anyone see what the Bears just did? Yeah, they just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that was pretty cool. Gerald was saying how we showed up today, and that was great. Um... Yep, so, uh, yeah, Mark Carlson says, I must be missing one hell of a game. Yep, you continue to bounce around through this. Cedric Paulding says, Brock needs help big time. Tampa knows he's a liability, and yeah, that was a problem. That was a big problem, Cedric. I agree completely there. Um, yep, Jerry Yankee was saying, you, Brockster. Yeah, I mean, Brock was not that good in this one. Uh, luckily, though, the interception saved the day along the way. I thought there was some other thing that I really needed to... Oh, yeah, I know Justin Mayer Henry said uh, something earlier. He actually boycotted the NFL today. Um, he has the league pass and everything, um, and he boycotted the league today. I want to read what he had to say. He says, hate to say it, but I'm stepping away from the NFL for now. I'm so sick of how political it's all become. It was once an escape and a way to enjoy my Sunday. Now I would, Now I would honestly rather do something else. Sick of entitled millionaires telling everyone what they should do. Think and feel. Yeah, what they should do, think and feel. And, you know, I'm saying the same thing about Hollywood and all that stuff. It's one thing, political correct, and we got to clean up this and clean up that. It's another, though, when it's like you're hated for not agreeing with every single thing, you know, and you need to get with the program and grow up and all that. You know, don't tell people to get with the program and grow up. Nobody out there is, you know, like the, the word that a lot of people like to use is bigot. Bigot is a person that hangs somebody. I'm not seeing any hangings out there. So anybody using the word bigot is a complete bleeping moron. I have to say that right here. You know, stop using the word bigot. That is ridiculous. Nobody's getting hung out there. That word needs to go. Okay, and no, and then Justin Henry obviously did not use that. He's completely, yeah, uh, he's sick of it too. And, you know, I'm tired of people telling, uh, I'm tired of thought police telling everybody what to do. You know what? Again, you don't have to... Okay, I better stop because I'm just dragging myself in here. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in, right? <laughs> the classic line from Godfather 3. Al Pacino. Yeah, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Yeah, well, look at me, Laura. But still, don't use the word bigot. That's just a start. That, that, that's a start. Once we get rid of words like that, we can maybe have peaceful, intelligent conversations and that's it. So, again, that's why this show is long. All this doggone mess out there. It's, oh, it sucks. Mm. And I hope I'm not offending anybody. I'm not trying to. 
I just want people to stop using certain words. It's fascistic. It just stop. You know, even the word fascist. Stop using that. Stop killing everybody a Nazi and a fascist and all that. Nobody's getting hung. Nobody's getting put in a gas chamber. Nobody's getting shot. Can we stop that? You know, I mean, there, there's there been bad incidences here and there. Okay, let's stop. I'm done. No more. Move on. I have to stop. I, I am just, yeah. No matter what you say, somebody's going to get um, mad and offended, and they're going to come back here with a two or three paragraph rant about how, what a ignorant bleepity bleeper you are. And let's move on. Vikings versus Buccaneers post game threat is here. Oh man. Mm. Oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I agree, Justin. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and Gerald's going to have a lot to say too. Justin Ray Henry says, "Sounds like I missed a great game." Gerald says, you did. Just a suggestion. Yep, look for the uh, get Game Pass for $99. Uh, Justin was saying, for $99, Justin was saying, I have it, but yeah, he opted out because he's tired of all the political bullshit. Gerald says, well done. Much respect going out of your way. Mm-hmm. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota says, good game, both sides of the ball. Indeed, nice win. Case looked like a lot more confident this week. Gerald says, Rudolph, pretty silent today. Treadwell got his one catch in. Yep, and at least he got that. He says, I'm starting to get a... T- what, what happened? I didn't... What did I just press? Okay. I'm starting to get a taste for eating crow from my Keenum comments from last week. Yep, same here, 100%. I am eating crow because I picked the Bucks to beat the Vikes, and I'm very glad that I'm wrong. He says, the kids showed up to play today and took control. I know there were a lot of Fran candidates today, but Keenum was the guy in charge today to run the ship, and he did that. Yep, he, he did with a great skill. They'll turn a few heads, and have some teams needing depth at the quarterback position. Yeah, at some point, Keenum might, yep, he might be an attractive name for somebody out there. Yeah, Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, what a great game. Diggs was a beast, and I got him in my fantasy. 37, wow, Diggs, uh, Hickey, wow, Dave Hickey. Wow, Dave Hickey. Mm. Good, you were, you were, you were, you were one of the, uh, one of the golden boys today. Mm, mm, mm. Wow, Dave Hickey, good job. <laughs> Congratulations on that. He says, I'd give the friend award to Case and Diggs combined, and those are great choices, and both of them got it. Both of them got the uh, Fran Tarkenton awards, and you heard the uh, Ponder and the Urban Legends. I'm moving on here. Ay, ay, ay. You know, I, I let stuff get to me more than I should, and you know what? I think we're all guilty of it right now, and it's frustrating. And, it, uh, and yes, we all have our sides. We all have our opinions. We all do. Yes. Okay. Gerald says, and I will read it because, you know what? Yeah. It needs to, you know, you know what? Even if if it's an opposing opinion, I will read it. If somebody came on here and read the opposing opinion, I'll read it, respectively. So Gerald says, okay, here we go. And, you know, and I'll say I agree with pretty much everything Gerald says here, honestly. And you don't have to love it or hate what I say, what what I say or what Gerald says here. He says, okay, here we go. I don't want any likes, loves, hates, or whatever on this comment. Joey, I promise I will never have another one this long again. However, probably mostly I'm fairly shocked on the NFL rebellion from Trump's comments. Could Mr. President choose his words a little better sometimes? I guess I would say that. Yes. Sometimes I wish he would. And you know what? I agree. I agree. You know, the tweeting and all that. Okay, let's slow down here. You know, let's slow down. Just, you know... I, I wish the hate would stop coming back, though, when at least he just says uh, much respect for 
July 4th or something. You know, see, it's, it's like, it gets to a point where no matter what, and this happened to Obama too, you know, and you don't have to like Obama or, or love Obama, hate, love, hate Obama either way. But even Obama too, people would respond, but I don't know. It seems like it's worse to, with this guy, and it's too bad. People just, the hatred seems to fly too hard. Uh... He says, here are my personal thoughts, not very complicated. Do we understand what the national anthem stands for and what the flag represents? I am living in a state that one of those stars represents. Do we know what the red stands for? He says, the people that fought, as in like the blood. They, they left their family, gave up careers to go fight for my right to live in one of those stars. Yep, like Minnesota or Nebraska. Yep, he says, folks... Folks, there are people that lose families, family members and friends, dads, moms, sons, daughters that come home in wheelchairs, body bags, coffins, etc. I offer you a quick fix. All caps for those couple words there. You simply get off your lazy, sissy ass, place your hand over your heart and show respect for all those folks that have died, been crippled, dads in wheelchairs, families that have lost family members. Is it any more complicated than that? I don't think it is because those soldiers had nothing to do with social injustice, in my humble opinion. If they did, I'm not seeing it right now. And if I, I'm sorry, I'm not. I uh, says, great job, NFL, putting on your little girl pants this weekend and blasting our president and basically saying, screw you, we're not worried about doing what's right. We're more worried about our pocketbooks and her hurting the feelings of players that are six, seven, three hundred and fifty pound babies. <laughs> well done, setting the example for fans in our younger generation. Well done indeed. Yep, I, you know, I, I agree with pretty much everything there. You know, yeah. To me, just, just, you know, to me, for to me, re- respecting the military and the people that fought all the way back into the seventeen hundreds and all that. You know, up up to today, is not social injustice. Just. You know, give it a chance, okay? Just uh, Gerald says Roger Goodell for Ponder Award. Woo-hoo! He says urban legend folks that used to have strong morals and standards. Those folks used to stand and respect our national flag, servicemen and ladies. Jerry Jones for Cove Ran Award. Hate the Cowboys, but totally respect Mr. Jones. He's a class act in a sea of sissies. Yeah, I mean, hmm. Yeah, it's frustrating what's going on. You know, and I I shouldn't let it get to me as much as it does. I'm surprised there weren't more posts in here, but I don't know. I think the politics distracted and scared people away, you know, just the politics of today. That's it. It's going to be over. Wow, it's over an hour and a half already. A 90-minute show. It's 95, 96, counting. I can't say any more politics. Okay, I said enough, probably more on this show than I have in forever that I haven't forever combined is what I'm trying to say. Um, and it's just because that's what's, that's the day we live in right now. Everybody everybody wants to, everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants to have it out there, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. And it's a, it's a tough world going on right now. Um, that's it. Just uh, I'm glad it's cooling off a little bit. I'm not glad if it's going to rain too much because i got work to do outside with the lawns before I go into my, my other regular job. So, uh I don't know about you guys. Some of you love rain. Some of you hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Can't believe the Raiders are getting beat pretty handily by Washington. I mean, it's 14 nothing, but the Raiders are showing no life right now. I don't know. Um, mm, it's interesting. That's all i got to say. It's interesting. I, I don't know. I have a headache. I actually have a headache right now, and I'm not kidding. Mm, 
God bless America. That's all I got to say. You know, that's all I got to say. Uh, everyone, hopefully, can calm down, learn to be less offended. That would be very helpful. It really would. Um, Trump should calm down, too. He, he should. Even Michael Savage says that. That's some uh, radio voice that I deeply admire. Some may think he's a little bit hardcore, but still, you know what? Even he says it, that Trump needs to settle down. So, yeah, it, it is what it is. I admire the guy's voice, the guy's passion, and the guy's, uh, obviously, his radio talent as well. So, <laughs> oh, well. So, other than that, enjoy the cooling down. It's going to really be autumn now. Um, I was able to swim outside today on September 24th. That's pretty cool to be able to do that that late in the year. Um, some years you can, some years you can't. This one you could a little bit more hardcore, a little bit cooler, but you get used to it pretty quick, though, because it wasn't because it got so hot the last couple of days, so it is what it is. Before I step away, I better give out the uh, the stars for the show. I almost did. I almost did. I was about to step away. It's tough. Uh, gold star this week. It's tough. Um, mm, it's tough. Uh, you know, I, I don't want people to think I'm biased because of politics and this and that. I, I, I don't. Um, you know, this week, I, I don't know. I mean, well, or, or, or if I just keep picking the same people or their close friends, this and that. I mean, uh, to me, Dave Martin, Mad Martin was fantastic. Gold star. You know what? I think, you know, it's kind of like I'm going to give, for those of you that stick with this show, despite maybe sometimes I lose control a little bit, sometimes I'm a little crazy, sometimes I go off on rants and you're sticking to this show, I am going to unify Purple Mafia today, and I'm going to give every one of you a gold star. How about that? For the first time ever, every one of you that posted on that page and that are just kind enough to pass on, like Josh Mayer Henry passing on to his friend. I mean, thank you. Thank you so much, Josh Mayer Henry. Justin Mayer Henry, all the respect in the world. You know, I, I understand your frustration. And, you know, if I didn't have a podcast to do, I probably would have stepped away today, too. I, I would have regretted missing the game and all that. But I wouldn't have regretted uh, missing the Green Bay game. That pisses me off. Ugh, I hate it. Waste of freaking time, you know, hoping the Cincinnati Bungles would win that game. Of course they didn't. But um, Gold Star is going to go to every one of you. Every single one of you is getting a Gold Star today. You know, that's for unity right there. It's not if we're kneeling or we got our arms locked or our hands over our hearts. We are kneeling or we are we are united today regardless of what we're doing. You know, I would rather we all stand with our hands over our hearts. That's my personal belief. But you know what? Do whatever you're going to do. It's your choice. Do whatever you're going to do. We don't have to agree. So with that, <laughs> hopefully the Vikings will again protect home field and beat the Detroit Lions. They need to get it done this year. We cannot get swept by that club if we're going to make the playoffs. Sam Bradford, welcome back. If you are back, Case Keenum, keep up the good work. And Sam, if you do happen to come back, no pick sixes at the last second, okay? 